Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 30. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. John Trapp is an English Anglican Bible commentary and he, a commentator, and he lived more than 100 years ago. And he said this about this scenario. He said, it's not hard to stab with the sword those who are cup shot. I love that. Y'all know I like different words. I like words nobody hears. Cup shot. It's not hard to stab with the sword those who are cup shot. Or in other words, in 2015, it's easy to kill someone who has been throwing them back all night. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all just act like y'all in church. Like, I, I, that's, that's fine. That's fine. All right, we'll just be holy. <laughs> Sanctified. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's hard to kill somebody who's been throwing them back all night. It's easy to kill somebody who's been throwing them back all night. Well, look at verse 17. David killed them for 24 hours from twilight. That's a lot of blood, y'all. From twilight, which begins in the evening until the evening of the next day, David killed everyone except for 400 men who escaped on camels. David got back, rescued his wives. Verse 18 and 19 tells us the kids were fine, sons and daughters. Everybody was great. David got back all the stuff. Why? Because God said they would. That's why. Well, verse 21, David, notice Verse 21, let's, let's, let's pick up right here, right, and then we'll, then we'll read to the end. Look at verse 21. If you're looking at verse 21, say amen. amen. Now David came to the 200 men who had been so weary that they could not follow David, whom they also had made to stay at Brook Bezor. So they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. And then all the wicked and the worthless men of those who went with David answered and said, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except every man's wife and children, that they may lead them away and depart. But David said, my brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us. Who has preserved us and delivered us into our, our hand, the troop that came against us? For who will heed you or who will agree with you in this manner? But as, as, he, as his part is, who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by. Y'all underline verse 24. But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supply. They shall share alike. And so it was from that day forward, 
He made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day. Now, when David came to Ziklag, he sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah to his friends, saying, Here is a present for you from the spoils of the enemies of the Lord. To those who are in Bethel and those who are in Ramoth of the south and those who are in Jatir and those in verse 28 and those in verse 29, and those in verse 30, those in verse 31 who were in Hebron, and to all the places where David himself and his men were accustomed to roam. David, or Rove, David came to the 200 men who, who had been too tired to go any further, who stayed at Bezor, and they saw David and the men, and they went out to meet them. Verse 22, then all the wicked and the worthless men who were with David said, listen, these guys shouldn't get anything. They didn't go fight. Are y'all picking this up? Maybe just give their wives and their kids something, but that's it. And notice David's response. Love it, love it, love it. David said, nope, we won't be doing it like that. We're not going to handle what the Lord has given that way. David said, we didn't do anything. It was the Lord. God gave us the victory. David said, it was God who told us to go into battle. It was the providential hand of God to allow us to run into the sick Egyptian who helped us find the location of the Amalekites and get our stuff back. God has done everything for us and gave us everything we need. Not only that, but he's given us everything back and then some. So let's understand something. First of all, it's the Lord's spoil, not ours. David said, the guy stayed back with the stuff, get part of the spoil. Listen, David just learned that in Ziklag. Because if part of his army had stayed with the stuff in Ziklag, it probably wouldn't have been destroyed. Now the person, listen, what he's saying is the person who's staying with the stuff is just as important as the ones who go to battle, and David knows that. And I really think the church would be a very different place if we knew that. If we really understood that the spoils of our victory, saints, listen to me, please. If we really understood that the spoils of our victory belong to God, then we would be more willing and quicker to give God what is his. My abilities are yours. My talents are yours. My money is yours. I want to give as much as I can so that you can be glorified because it's all yours anyway. I'm waiting. It's all God. Okay. Okay. We say that, now don't we? Well, it's all God's anyway. It all belongs to the Lord. Yes, praise the Lord. It all, yes, it's all the Lord's. Everything I have belongs to Jesus. Is that right? Really? Well, then act like it. If everything, if everything belongs to God, well then, why aren't you using everything for God? Huh? You got a pickup truck. Somebody asked you, hey, you know, I need to haul some dirt and, you know, can I use a pickup truck? Well, no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Wait a minute, if it all belongs to God, then why don't you use it for God? 
If your house belongs to the Lord, somebody come to town, need a place to stay, you more quick to, amen, man. You more quick, you more quick to put them up in a hotel than you are in that big old 10,000 square foot home you got. You don't clean half of it anyway. <laughs> Amen. Y'all know I'm preaching. Just hold on. Huh? If it's the Lord's, then use it for the Lord. And if it's not the Lord's, then stop saying it's of the Lord. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Stop it with the spiritual language because that's all it really amounts to. It it's, it's all belongs to the Lord. But then when God says, I need some of it, well, well, wait now. If it's the Lord's, then give it to the Lord. And if it's not the Lord, then keep it for yourself. This was the problem in Acts chapter 5 when Ananias and Sapphira lied to, the, to the, uh, Peter and, 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 and uh, who else was there? John, who else was there? They just it was a Peter and John. That's right. And and they and, and they, they, they 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 came up Ananias and Sapphira and said, you know, they had given all that they had to the church. And Peter and John said, listen, while it was in your possession, wasn't it yours? Why do you feel the need to lie to the Holy Spirit? It was in your you didn't have to give any of it. The point was in Acts chapter 5, they didn't have to give any of it. You weren't going to be condemned because you didn't give some of it. You didn't have to give any of it. But you took it to another level when you lied about it and you didn't even need to. If it belongs to the Lord, then give it to the Lord. Stop it with the Spirit. Calvary Chapel, can we, just as a church, just us, that's all I'm talking about. That's all I'm responsible for. Can we stop it with the spiritual language? And the lingo and the just using spiritual words just because, well, I pray about it. If you ain't going to pray about it, don't pray. Don't say you're going to pray about it. And if you're going to pray about it, you know what I do to avoid that? Because I'm just as guilty. Don't get me wrong. Just as guilty. You know what I do? If I say I'm going to pray, I stop right there and pray right now. Because I know when I walk away, I'm going to forget. I'm human. I'm just like you. I forget. So if I forget, I forgot. But at least I got it in right there. Amen. Stop it with the spiritual language. If it's the Lord's, then it's the Lord. And I will tell you this, whether you know it or not, it really is the Lord's. Everything belongs... Your breath is the Lord's. The very breath you breathe is the Lord's. Everything's the Lord's. Your possession, your time, your praise, your, 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 your money, your, 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 your service, everything belongs to the Lord. You wouldn't even be able to amass the spoils if it weren't the Lord giving you the good health to go do it. Right, right. So give God what belongs to God. What you have, give it to him. It's the spoils of his victory, not yours. And then I thought of 
1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. We just talked about it on Sunday. For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, then why do you boast as if you had not received it? David said, God has preserved us. God has kept us. God gave the victory. We got it from God. We're going to be fair. Verse 24, for who will agree with you in this? Nobody. Look carefully. But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They shall share alike. When you support the ministry or you support missions and you stay with the stuff and you get on your knees and you pray, this is just as important as the person who actually went. You know, when I go, like when I went to... um, Andros Island, and, and we did that missions work there and, and, and preached to those people that don't have a pastor. And all of you prayed for me. I could feel your prayers every single day. I could feel your prayers. Do you know that, yes, I'll be rewarded for that which I've done or the work that I've done in India or the schools that we started in India and the orphanages that we supported in India for the time that God had us doing that work. Do you know, because you prayed and because you gave, don't you know you share in the spoils of that? Yes, I'll be rewarded, but so will you. Because you share in it, you support it. You know, whether you go to battle or you stay back with the stuff. The rewards are equal. You know, I thought of uh, actually Miss Elvira today when I was preparing this. I thought, you know, over 20 years, she stayed with the stuff. And I, and, and supported me faithfully while I went to war or while I went to battle. And just because she couldn't go, or because she didn't go, it doesn't mean she doesn't get the reward of my going. She should share in the spoils. We, we, we share it together. She stays with the stuff, and she doesn't complain. She faithfully stays with the stuff, and she doesn't complain. We all share in rewards when we are all doing the work of the ministry, whether you stay and pray or you go and you actually do the work, and you do the fighting, David is right. They have every right to be partakers of the spoil as well. Notice David said in verse 25, David made it a statue and an ordinance, and then watch what David did. Look at verse 26. When David got back to Ziklag, he gave some of the spoil I love this, to the elders and his friends. And he said, I come bearing gifts. It's a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. David returns the spoil to those who were spoiled by the Amalekites. The elders and the tribes that Amalek had taken their stuff, David gives them back these things that have been taken from them. Don't you you get the sense here that David has all of a sudden turned into a diplomat and a real king? I really get that sense. David is becoming a picture of our king. As Jesus died on the cross and was victorious over death and the grave, and now he bestows gifts on us and he bestows spoils, 
rewards on us. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Think about that. God gives us the spoil, stuff. He blesses us. When you think about it, it's God who's done the work, and then God rewards us, gives us the spoil for the work that he has done. Did you pick that up? In other words, listen, we serve the Lord. God empowers us by the Spirit to serve the Lord and to do the work of the Lord. And it is a blessing. And the results are great. And the the spoils are abundant. So we get the blessing of that spoil, but it was God who did the work in us so that we can do the work to get the spoil. That you can't get a better deal than that. Nowhere. Nowhere. So David, listen, is an awesome picture of Jesus. Now David becomes, and, and, and if you've been with us on Wednesday nights, you see now David's life is coming full circle, isn't it? I just got to think that he's got to remember before they took a bucket of oil and poured it over him. And he remembers sitting out on the, on the hillside and just writing songs, singing unto the Lord, praise the Lord, being just, just him and God, just, just him and God, and, and, and just loving God. His life was simple. And now he's coming full circle I get the impression that, you know, I always talk about the backside of the desert degree, the BSD degree, like you've got to spend time on the backside of the desert in order for God to use you. God's got to prepare you because God doesn't use unprepared vessels. Well, David's been through that preparation process, and I get the impression that he's kind of graduated. After 10 plus years, he's graduated, and now he's turned into a real king, and now David is going, we're going to see David become a type of Christ. How many times have we equated David being a type of Christ? Well, now he's going to be a type or a picture of Christ. Here's five points. You got your pen? Five points of association. We are like David's 600 men. David is like Jesus. We are like the 200 weary ones left behind. David is like Jesus. We are like the Egyptian slave. David is like Jesus. We are like the spoil David recovered. David is like Jesus. We are like the elders of Judah that David gives gifts. David is like Jesus. We're like the 600 men. We're like the 200 weary guys. We're like the Egyptian slave. We're like the spoil David recovered. We're like the elders of Judah that David gives gifts. David is like Jesus. In verse 27 through 30, David gave his stuff to all the folks in all those places. We talked about over 13 cities. David gave spoils. And look at verse 31. I love verse 31. It reads, and to them which were in Hebron and to all the places where David himself and his men. If you're reading King Jimmy, it says, and his men were wont to haunt. Are you reading King Jimmy? 
Anybody reading King Jimmy? Raise your hand. Does it say want to haunt? <laughs> I love it. Want to haunt. Here it says, and his men in New King James were accustomed to robe, were accustomed to move about. As I've said, David has been backslidden for 16 months in Ziklag. And his final steps is getting things right with God. How did David get things right with God? I'm going to give you this and I'm going to let you go. How did David get things right with God? Number one, David strengthened himself in the Lord. How do you get right with God? Number one, David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Number two, David inquired of the Lord. We learned this from this chapter. He inquired of the Lord. Number three, David believed God's promises. Believe God's promises. You know, that's important in the Christian life, isn't it, y'all? Number four, David did what God told him to do. You got to do what God tell you to do. If you want to get back from that place of feeling dry and empty and barren, you got to get back to doing what God told you to do. I like that song so many years ago we used to sing, Lord, take me back to where I first received you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You remember how excited you were when you first received God? God, get us back there. God, get us back to that place. That place when I first got saved and everything was awesome. And loving God was so simple. And reading the Bible became so easy. Why is reading the Bible so hard now? Because your heart. Remember, the heart of the matter is mad at the heart. It's your heart. That's why it's so hard now. That's why spending time with God is so hard now. That's why prayer is so hard now. You got to get back. Do what God told him to do. Be obedient. David showed unexpected care and kindness to others. How did he get back and get right with God? He showed unexpected care and kindness to others, strengthened himself in the Lord, inquired of the Lord, believed the promises of God, did what God told him to do, showed unexpected kindness and care to others. David understood, number six, it was the Lord's victory. Somebody say amen. The victory is the Lord's, not yours. David shared the rewards with others, number seven. When you really listen are repentant, the first thing you want to do, and this is your last point, is to fix relationships that have been broken, number eight. David did what he could do to fix broken relationships with the people and the elders of Judah. Did y'all get that? You know, true repentance is demonstrable. You don't just say, I don't know anybody that's truly, truly repentant and they don't go back as best as you can to fix any relationship that is broken. As best as you can. Maybe you, you can't get back to every relationship that you maybe hurt somebody or said something wrong or did something wrong to them. We all have done it. But when you really repent and God really does get a hold of your heart, you know one of the first things you want to do? You want to go fix Broken relationships. And David had a lot of broken relationships with the elders of Judah because of all of his 
previous escapades with a Philistine king living like the world, but he's a believer. Can we agree to walk the walk and not just talk the talk? Can we agree on that? Let's at least try. Let's at least try. Lord, help us to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And I don't want a bunch of spiritual lingo. If you, it's Christian ease. This brand of Christianity in the world today, it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. This brand of Christianity is not in the Word of God. Living like this world is your home is not in the Word of God. Your home is in heaven. You are a stranger, a pilgrim, passing through. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.